life was going great. I had a successful career, a nice house, but it seemed like every time I opened my mouth, it got me in trouble. Do you like my new sweater? Yeah, although the red one makes you look a bit thinner. Fortunately, my doctor told me that I'm not alone. Studies have shown that three and a half out of every three and a half people suffer from foot and mouth disease. But now, there's a solution. Seiya. By placing gentle pressure on the tongue, Seiya helps prevent thoughtless, rude, and stupid comments from ever leaving my mouth. And thanks to Seiya, I don't have to worry about what I might say next. So you think that went okay? Seiya is not for everyone. Consult your physician before using Seiya. Side effects include splintering of the tongue and lips, frequent gagging, and unrelenting stares from friends, family, co-workers, as well as total strangers. Most people who experience side effects are not bothered enough to stop using Seiya. Also, many patients learn to like the taste of Seiya. Do you mind if my mother comes to stay with us for a couple of weeks? Uh... Ask your doctor about Seiya today. I'm glad I came. Say ah. Control your tongue. Control your life. <laughs> it is true that three and a half out of every three and a half people have foot and mouth disease. So that is uh, never more true than with us guys, is it? Man, does this make me look skinny? That's a, that's a lose-lose situation. Women, why do you even ask us questions like that? Dadgum, all right? Today, uh, we're starting a brand-new three-part series entitled Say Ah, and um, uh, we're going to have a great time talking about words and our mouth and the tongue, and uh, it's amazing. God has a lot to say about our words. Um, we're going to be looking at a passage of Scripture today in the book of James. The book of James uh, is at the, almost the very end of your Bible. It's the very end of the New Testament. If you hit Revelation, you've gotten too far, so you need to back up a little bit. You hit First John, Second John, Third John, all that. You need to keep on backing up. Hebrews James is what it is, and uh, it is page uh, 1245 in my Bible, so there you go. I won't help you, um, but we're going to be looking at James chapter 3 today, and in this passage, James gives a very stern warning about controlling your tongue, about being careful about the words that you use. I'll be honest with you, this, uh, these 12 verses we're looking at today, uh, they, they, there's not a lot of hope in them. Uh, there's not a lot of uh, fix it and, you know, this is how you can do it. It's just a warning. And some of us just need warnings about our mouths, don't we? I mean, we just think, you know what, we go through life and we say some things and we look around and after a few years we realize that we don't have a lot of friends anymore because we've alienated them. Um, there's a verse in Proverbs we're going to be looking at next week as we look at gossip. That's a good one. That gossip separates the best of friends. Some of you can say, I know it does, because my best friends don't know me anymore. They don't like hanging out with me anymore. And we're going to be looking a lot about controlling your tongue, controlling your words, and shutting your mouth. Because our words, they, they're damaged. I mean, they, they, just, they, they just kill people sometimes. In fact, our mouth is like a loaded weapon. How do you deal with a loaded weapon? Very carefully. I'll never forget. I speak for a living, so I have a tendency to get myself in a lot of trouble, trouble, a lot of problems. A couple of weeks ago, y'all remember when I was talking about the, the lame and the crippled, and I said the crane and the lippled, and that was never good. Uh, when I, the, the last church I was at in Iowa, 
I remember talking about a very sensitive subjects. We called them like uh, uh, hot topics. And uh, I was so worried about talking and messing up with my words about the subject I was going to be talking about because they were hot-button emotional issues. And I'm thinking, oh, my. And I wrote it out. And I'm just like, I'm, I'm worried about how I'm going to say it. I don't want to offend people, um, but I want to preach God's Word. And uh, um, <laughs> I'll never forget talking about this one topic. And I dealt with the topic all right. But this is what I said. I said, you know, a lot of churches are very judgmental when it comes to dealing with this thing. And, and it's kind of like the church across the street. Oh. And a couple stood up in the church service, like while I was preaching, and went down and left. And I'm like, shouldn't have said that one. And I found out who they were because it was a town of 4,000. It was kind of small and and I, and I went into their house and apologized to them and ate some crow. And it's amazing, guys. You know, you put enough barbecue sauce on that crow, it makes it feel taste uh, kind of nasty. Uh, anyway, um, but uh, we just we have t- tremendous damage potential for damage with our mouths, and you know that. So that's what we're going to be looking at. James chapter three verse one. He begins like this in James chapter three verse one. Dear brothers and sisters, that's all of us. Not many of you should become teachers of the church. Why? For we who teach will be judged by God with a greater strictness. You see, what he's saying is this. When you teach, you are God's mouthpiece. And you speak these words. And there's going to be a stricter judgment for you. Um, You're a Sunday school teacher, maybe in another church. Maybe you, you lead a Bible study. There is a stricter judgment for for you because you claim to speak God's words. One of the things I I always pray before I get up here is, Lord, if what I'm getting ready to say is not your words, then let me either forget it or let them not hear it because I want to do nothing but preach God's word in a way that people can understand it. So he says, don't let many of you be teachers because there's going to be a stricter judgment. Then he goes on in verse 2, and he starts talking about our mouths. We all make mistakes. Somebody say yes. Nope. Right. Somebody say nope. All of us, we all make mistakes. That verse is totally true. All right. Some of you wives, you know that verse is totally true about us. All right. We all make mistakes, but those who control their tongues can also control themselves. Look at this. In every other way. When a person is able to finally get a control of their mouth, that they have enough self-discipline to control their life, to control their actions, to control habits. And really, that's our big idea for today. Our big idea is simply this, that if you control your tongue, you control your life. Let's say that together. Control your tongue, control your life. What James is saying is if you can control this three-and-a-half-pound muscle that is inside your mouth, if you can control that, then you can control the direction in whichever way your, your life goes. And then James gives us some very vivid word pictures. Look at these. Very vivid. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. Illustration number one. Here's a bit. This weighs about a pound. You can put this bit that weighs about a pound inside the mouth of a horse that weighs 1,000 pounds, 1,200 pounds. If it's a Clydesdale, 2,000 pounds. And this one little very small 
bit will control the direction that the horse goes. You can control this entire 1,000-pound animal because you can control its mouth. That's how important our mouths are. You control the direction of this entire animal if you can control its mouth. Let's look at the other word picture that James gives us in verse 4. Second illustration. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. Back in that day, they didn't have steamboats or diesel engines or the Carnival Cruise Lines. They had these big sailboats. And these big boats had these sails, and the wind would fill the sails. And you didn't steer a boat, right? You didn't uh, drive a boat. You directed a boat. How? By this very itty-bitty, teeny-weeny, small little thing on the stern of a ship called a rudder. This very small thing, very small thing, controlled the direction of this very large ship. His point, small part, big influence. Because this small part can control the direction of a horse. It can control the direction of a ship, a huge ship. This little small rudder can steer the Titanic to safety or can steer the Titanic straight towards an iceberg. Both. Both directions. And hear me. Some of you are saying, you know what? My life, I've given my life direction by my, ma- by my mouth and the words that I've spoken. Some of you are saying, you know what? I have a... Uh, um, the direction of my life is really good because I've spoken words of wisdom and words of kindness. Some others of you, you're saying, you know what, I've given direction to my life and I have steered my life away from intimacy. I've steered my life away from God, away from my spouse, away from my parents, and I've alienated everybody that I know because of the words that I have spoken. It gives you direction. It gives you direction. Let's continue. Verse um, verse 3, we didn't look at verse 4. Let's look at verse 5. So also the tongue is a very small thing, but look at this. But what enormous damage it can do. Enormous damage. Your mouth, your tongue sets the course and the direction of your entire life. What? How is your mouth and the words that you've spoken, what direction has it set you on? How would your life have been different had you have held your tongue? This thing, this three and a half pound muscle in our mouth sets the direction of our life. Look at verse 5. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. We have all seen this. Every fall, they take us to California, and they show us a forest fire that's been started that's destroyed tens of thousands of acres, and it all started how? By the spark. Some of it by a match. Some of it by throwing a cigarette butt out the window. But these small little sparks cause millions of dollars worth of damage, has, has killed tens of 20, 30, 40 different people, has taken the lives of firemen, has, have, have burned down homes. What's the point? This small little spark can burn down massive areas of your life. 
Be careful. Watch out. You know, that doesn't seem fair, does it? That this small little spark can do such huge damage. It doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem very proportionate that this one little itsy-bitsy little match can start an entire forest fire of flame that no one can put out. No one. It just it starts small and it gets big until it's beyond your control. And that is what he's saying here. Be careful. Danger. Danger. Warning. Warning. You have a loaded weapon. You have the potential to burn down your life and to burn down other people's lives. Be careful. Be careful. Verse 6. It can turn in the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. Think of the potential evil that's taken place through your words. Think of the potential evil that you could cause by opening your mouth and saying things that you shouldn't say. I mean, think about this. Divorces have been started by words. Murders have happened. And think about this. Most murders are the result of domestic violence. And how does domestic violence start? Words. It all goes back to our mouths. Children's self-esteem and futures can be destroyed by words. Some of you, you know this, because your mom and dad, one of them was very abusive to you, and you have a low self-esteem. Why? Because of your folks, because of damaging words. When I think about people and words, I think about words have the potential to change literally history. I think about people who spoke well, people who changed history with their words. I think of people like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. I have a dream today that one day, Sons of former slaves and sons of former slave owners will be able to sit at the table of brotherhood. What vivid word picture. And it's amazing that 30, 40 years after Dr. Martin Luther King's death in 1968, how much progress has been made through civil rights. Because one man used his words for good. I think of somebody like Gandhi. Somebody who, um, this person, not a Christian, but was able to use his words to literally bring down the, the English Empire. I think of uh, somebody, uh, uh, well, I think of like John F. Kennedy. John F. Kennedy, one of his quotes, you remember it? Ask not, but what you can do for your country. Words that have changed. Um, Neil Armstrong, one small step for man. Cool. All right, what about FDR? Uh, December 7th, 1941, a day that will live in infamy. Uh, fear, uh, the only thing to fear is fear itself. See, these people, gifted communicators, use their words for good. But hear me, I think of also very men who, very gifted communicators, who use their words for evil. People like Adolf Hitler who was a very a, a, a good, charismatic speaker. He spoke well, but this man was evil. And because of his words, six million Jews were killed because he used his words for evil. I think of somebody like Joseph Stalin who used his words for evil. I think of somebody like Saddam Hussein. I think of people, listening to people now, that, uh, that jacked-up dude in Iran. What's his name? Islamabad? I can't even remember his name. Man, was it? Uh, bless you. All right. A little sneeze. I got. I got a, a, a wipe your nose. All right. I, I mean, you, I listen to people like that, and it's scary, scary. 
because we have potential to kill people with our words. Warning, your mouth is a loaded weapon. Your mouth can change history. You can do amazing good with it, or with your mouth you can kill six million people. Be careful. Be careful. That is the whole point of James here. That if you can control your tongue, you can control your life. Your, your mouth is a loaded weapon. It has the, the, the opportunity to be able to give and direct the entire course of your life. Look what it says in verse 6. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction. James says your words have potential every day to cause massive amounts of damage. You've seen people burn down their marriage with words. You've seen people burn down their job with words and they get fired. You've seen people burn down uh, children with their words. Your words have great potential to do massive amount of harm. That's what James is saying here. And I don't care how good or holy you think you are. Chris, I'm visiting here today and I sing in the choir. Praise Jesus for you. The same, the same words that you can sing holy, holy, holy with is the same person you can gossip about somebody behind somebody's back with. We're going to talk about that next week. That's going to be a fun one. Christians are really good at that one. They don't drop, drop the four-letter words, but boy, they can talk bad about somebody. And I, by the way, pray for that person. <laughs> All right, There's a Greek word for that. I'll teach you later. All right. Anyway, I mean, I, I don't care if you're a grandma or a granddad. I don't care if you're a preacher. My mouth can do tremendous damage, and so can yours. Why? Verse 6, for it is set on fire by hell itself. There are people you know that this is true. Man, that person, his mouth is set on fire by hell itself. And what he's saying here is you, we were all born, born with this tongue of ours fully lit. Lit by the fire of, of hell itself. That we have potential to do tremendous damage. <clears throat> Many of us, we think we're born in this life and we're kind of neutral. You know, I can choose bad or I can choose good. And every day I can, you know. Let me tell you, that's not what the Bible teaches. You may be here and this may be your first time. And you're like, I think that's what it teaches. Or that's what like well and it's not and we can talk about this later um, stick with us and we'll we'll get to it bless you um, but we have when we enter into the world sin enters into the world and you know you never have to teach a child to say no you never have to teach a child to disobey or to tell a lie you know why because your t- child just like my child they got the bent they're all messed up I'm messed up and that's how we're born into this world we're not born neutral. We're born in this world fully in reverse. And uh, we have tremendous potential to mess people up with our mouths because they're lit by hell itself. Verse 7. Look at this. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish. We have tamed lions, tigers, and bears. Oh, my. That's right. We have tamed and trained elephants. We've trained killer whales. We call them Shamu. We have trained uh, talking horses and, uh, and horses that kicked, kicked the football. What, what? I don't even remember that. That was an old, was it Gus? Thank you. Somebody, that's not my notes. I was out there on a limb. Thank you. Um, so, I mean, we have trained all of these animals. 
But look what it says. But no one. By the way, who's no one? You and me. All of us. No one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. Wow. Venom. Snake venom. It has the power to mess you up. James is saying that your mouth will never be to the point that you can say, Oh, I trained it. I tamed it. I'm good. I can just sit back, relax. I'm good. My mouth's good. No. He's saying, No, we can do that with an animal, but you better keep a short leash on that tongue because nobody ever had the tongue licked. Some of y'all will get that pun later. All right. All right. Move on. By the way, some of y'all, you think, well, you know, I have a relationship with Jesus. Some of you have just entered into a relationship with Jesus over the past six months, over the past year. And you're thinking, man, I have this relationship with God, but I still have a problem with my tongue. Welcome to my world. Really. You're going to have the problem with your tongue uh, in your entire life. Your entire life. So, um, and it's going to be a struggle. Let's continue reading. It says in verse 9, excuse me, verse 8. Oh, verse 9, sorry. Sometimes, talking about our tongue, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. Let's talk about that. Sometimes it, it praises. Some of y'all, man, you, I saw you. You have your hands up. True intimacy is what I love. Oh, you singing? You know, some of y'all got the little hop in there. All right? I mean, you excited. Some of y'all are going to leave this place. Mom, can we go to Cracker Barrel? Blankety blank, we went to Cracker Barrel last week. Some of y'all, y'all know how it is. You get here and you go, right? and y'all happy when you get in the theater. All right? But on the way over to the theater, y'all were like this. Y'all were butting heads. Come on, tell the truth, shame the devil. Y'all know this. I'm just like you guys. You fight with your wife. You fight with your kids. You want to sell your kids. Your wife wants to sell you. All right? It's just, we have this, we, we get angry with one another, and then we come in here and, oh, oh, Jesus. And, and, and it's like, he's saying, no, it shouldn't be like that. Look at it. In fact, look what it says in the next verse. Verse 10. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. What he's saying is, not, yeah, we know it's wrong. But what he's saying is this shouldn't even be possible. This should be impossible because you can't... They're both coming from the same mouth, which is coming from the same heart. It should be impossible that this takes place, that somebody can talk about Jesus in one breath and then drop a four-letter word in the next one. It should be impossible. Look at this. Keep on looking. Verse 11 and 12. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? The answer is no. It just nine. All right. Can you pick olives from a fig, fig tree? I'm sorry. We're going to have to have some audience participation here. Can you pick olives from a fig tree? I knew. All right. Can you look at it? Can you pick figs from a grapevine? Can you get apples from an orange tree? No. Can you get lemons from a tomato plant? No. <laughs> and that's the whole point. No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. And everybody in James' audience would say, that's right. It shouldn't be possible. It, sh it is impossible in the, in the physical realm. 
And then that's where James leaves it. James doesn't give us three uh, bullet points. You know, this is how you can do better with your tongue. He doesn't help us out. He just says, you know what? You've got a problem. You're really jacked up. And you need to be careful. And this is not a great place to end the sermon, but we're going to end it here because that's what James here, because he continues to write, and he talks about something totally different. We ought to read the Bible. It's pretty cool. You know, and he just says, you know what? You've got some issues. And Chris, you have issues, Chris. And you've got to be careful with what you say. Because your mouth is a loaded weapon. And it has potential to burn people's lives. Some people, you know this, some, some of you have third-degree burns because of what your mom said to you 20 years ago, 30 years ago. Some of you are still struggling in your life because of your father and how mean he was to you with his words. Some of you are on your second, third, and fourth marriage, and you think, man, I never can find the right woman. The problem is you're not the right man because your words are messed up. Your words are damaging people. And everybody who leaves relationship with you, they have damaged goods around them because they have third-degree burns. They're scarred. And the problem is not them, it is you. And see, all of us have a tendency to listen to a sermon like this and say, I wish my mother was here and heard this. I wish my husband was here. I wish my husband wasn't in Afghanistan. In fact, I'm going to send him the CD. Come on now. Let me tell you, here's the thing. They may need to hear it, but God has you here. You know why? Because you need to hear it. And I need to hear it. Because this thing that we have in our mouths can destroy people's lives. Can destroy people's lives. And you have to be careful. If you can control your tongue, you can control your life, you can control the direction your life goes. So my encouragement, James doesn't give us any, hey, three points, here's how to help, so I'm going to give you some help. Have this little thing. I'm giving you your own personal say ah. Right, as you leave today... You're going to have one of these, and it has the big idea written on it. You might remember the big idea this morning? Control your tongue, control your life. So next time, guys, you want to say something a little stupid? Some of y'all need to get two or three, you know what I mean? We got extras, all right? And, you know, and ladies, that's right. Ladies, I mean, some of you ladies, you know, you, this is how you are. Come on now. Some of you, I'm not talking to all of y'all, because my words are getting ready to get me in trouble. Dear Lord, wait a minute. All righty. Some people, ladies, you know your husband is the he's the head of his unit, and everybody respects him. You know, outside the home, he, he's he's got you know he's got the e whatever. All right. But when you get him home, you've you got to chop him down to size a little bit because if you don't, it's all going to go to his head and you, you, you've got to whittle him down. And you think you're doing him a favor, but what you're doing is you're giving him third-degree burns. Guys, you get home and your wife has been working a, a full day and things aren't done the way they need to, and maybe she's been working a full day outside the home or a full day in the home. It really don't matter. 
I got three kids. My wife works so hard with those three kids. And, and I've been a stay-at-home dad. And I said, no, Lord. <laughs> My gosh. Um, but I'm telling you, and if things aren't just the way you want it, you just want to just spread venom. You need to take this, and you need to shove it in your mouth. What did y'all think I was going to say? <laughs> Come on now. All right, cool. I better stop right there because my words are going to get me in trouble. Let's pray. <laughs> Dear Jesus, you are so wonderful. And I just, I thank you so much that we can laugh about something that really is really no laughing matter. Because James just gives us some really tough warnings about this. He talks about bits in horses' mouths and rudders on ships and sparks that literally set the world aflame. And Lord, we know that a lot of us, a lot of people around us, they get into forest fire mode because of our tongues. Lord, I pray for our church. Lord, I know that uh, there's many people right now that just marriages are struggling, friendships are being strained, and it's all because of our tongues. In fact, really, it's even what's behind the tongue, and that's our heart. Lord, I pray that I pray that you would just keep us all humble. Lord, I pray that if anybody wants to gossip, that you would change their heart or lead them to another church. There's no place for that here. Lord, I, all of us in here are messed up. And Lord, I just pray that all of us would be real with one another and that we use our tongues for good and not for evil. But we have a choice. Let us choose wisely. For it's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen.